Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. What's your secret? I have a pet turtle that I don't want. The only reason I have the turtle is because it was a gift from one of my mom's old boyfriends. He gave it to me while they were dating and then they broke up. And then like within the year of them breaking up, he passed away from a really unexpected heart attack. But now my mom won't let us get rid of the turtle because it's like the last memory she has of him. <laughs> so now I, uh, I have this uh, pet turtle. <laughs> yep, I'll send a picture. My name's Jessica, and I just learned two family secrets that I have to share. Hey everyone, it's Ben. This is a story about two secret brothers, exactly what that means and, and how it's possible. It's Jessica's story today. I just found out about it. Jessica's going to lay out the very odd set of circumstances that led to the discovery of not one, but two eerily similar family secrets. The reason that the truth came out was because my dad... The path to learning the truth at 39 years of age required careful navigation of family politics with her dad, her mom, and her sister. Why did you want to tell your secret today? I think because it's such a weird and convoluted story that I'm just really trying to untangle in my mind. And it's not something that a lot of people are comfortable delving into. Jessica and I had to take a little time to plan how to unravel the story for you a bit. It's so complicated. <laughs> it is complicated, right? Do you want to talk about it more and then... We can do it reverse, and then maybe that'll give you... Okay. <laughs> You're listening to The Secret Room, a podcast about the stories no one ever tells. I'm Ben Ham. Jessica, welcome to The Secret Room. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm, I'm really glad to have you here. Before we, we dive into it, I just want to ask you how many people know your secret. Only about three. Why do you keep it a secret? It's been kept from me. It's actually my father's secret. Okay. Well, we are going to figure that out. Just to get to know you a little bit better, could you tell me a little bit about what life was like when you were growing up as a kid? I was close to both of my parents, but I was very close to my dad. And it didn't really come about until I was a little older that I realized that he's sort of a lunatic. Okay. <laughs> And I think sociopath was the word you used in your email. Yeah, sociopath, narcissist, any of those will fit. <laughs> he would tell us all kinds of bizarre things. Like, I never felt like he kept secrets with us. If anything, he maybe told us sort of inappropriate things that you wouldn't normally share with a younger child. Like what? When he was younger, he punched a cop. <laughs> okay. And he was bragging? He bragged to you about that? 
a little bit. He was in a bar fight and he didn't really realize it was a cop who kind of turned him around and he punched him and then ran. At 15, he ran away from home, and this was well before, you know, the internet, so he actually booked himself a train ticket out to California from the Detroit area. Okay. <laughs> he, he told us that he started drinking at 12. He told us he was in Vietnam, which I think made him stranger. <laughs> and so he would tell us things like, one time a guy held a gun to his head and pulled the trigger, and it didn't go off. And then his soldier friends had to kill the guy. And one time when he was in the army, they didn't have any money and they wanted to buy a pizza. So his friend pulled a lizard out of his pocket that he kept in his pocket for some reason, as you do. Right. All the time. I've got one in my pocket now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. I have like four. And he walked up to some people at a restaurant who had just ordered a pizza, and then he pulled the lizard out of his pocket and he bit its head off. These are just some of the very odd things that were shared with us. Those are really odd stories. That last one kind of intrigues me, though. If you walk up to somebody uh, who has a pizza that you have your eye on and you bite a lizard's head off, does they give you the pizza? What was the end game there? They got grossed out and left. And then my dad and his friend sat down and ate the pizza. Huh. <laughs> Okay, I'll have to remember that next time trying to get some food. Yeah. (laughs) Some grub. Okay, got it. Weird stories from Dad. He wasn't someone who really kept things from us. It's kind of like nothing he says ever surprises me, but then it always surprises me. My parents got a divorce when I was 14. After that, it was kind of rocky. And then when I got into college, it just became extremely toxic. And so... In my 20s, I decided that it was probably better for me if, if we just kind of ended the relationship. How was it toxic? He would do things like try to cause fights between my sister and I. Like he would do things like he would pay for her tuition. And then when I was in college and I needed some help with tuition, he would give me a hard time about it. Just different things like that. Or like, I always felt like he couldn't ever be the dad that I really kind of wanted Someone to be, you know, like a guy who would like make sure your car is safe or help you fill out college applications or things like that. That's just not his area. And he's just kind of a very strange man. (laughs) After a while, it kind of turned into like this thing where like I would feel sick when he called. I would go out with him because at the time I was kind of like a broke college student. So like I needed a meal So I'd kind of just endure him to get a meal. And then I was like, this is just making me feel gross. So Did lizards ever come into play when you were looking for that food? They didn't. He actually, at that point, his currency was cash. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thought I would check. (laughs) So how how do you go about severing your relationship with your father? We would go like a year or two not without speaking. And then finally, when I was 27, I was getting married. He had moved out of state at that point. So I only saw him like maybe once a year. And he married someone who never really bonded to my sister and I. And we just don't get along with her. And so I had asked him if he could just come to my wedding by himself. How'd that go over? No. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just like we were having this really small wedding and we wanted people there who loved us. And his wife was never even really decent to me. 
And I figured, well, he's not going to want to pay another plane ticket to fly in. You know, I mean, I'm saving you money. (laughs) So leave her at home. We got in a big fight and then we kind of came to an agreement that we would work on things. When I was at my wedding shower, he called my house phone back when we had a house phone. Back in the olden times. And he left a, a voicemail message saying that he was not coming to my wedding and that I had abandoned him and just kind of kind of gaslighting sort of gross stuff. Left on a voicemail, too, which is kind of lame. Yeah. I mean, you didn't give him a plus one to your wedding, so he was going to be upset. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, I get it. You have a small wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was uh, almost twelve years ago, and yeah, I we haven't we haven't spoken. You didn't call him back. No, I had kind of said everything that I needed to say in the fight that we'd had, and I kind of just decided that it was just best for me to kind of go my own way. You've had a rocky relationship with your father, and it probably felt a little bit like a weight off your shoulder, not having to deal with him anymore. But I also feel that maybe, you know, losing the companionship of a parent is probably a hard thing. Yeah. How did you deal with it? There was a lot of relief, especially around holidays, because that would always get very sticky and weird. I had a lot of really awesome stand-in dads. It's never going to be the same as having, like, a legit dad, but... It was nice to be around just kind of normal men. (laughs) That's great. So, Jessica, I'm sure there are, you know, great memories about your father. Was there an act of kindness that you remember? Um, we had a couple good times. He gave me this little plastic Cupid doll that was his from when he was a child and I always liked it and so I still have it. Nice memories. Yeah. And so what's your sister's relationship with your father through all this? I hurt for her. She struggles so much. It's not my place to tell her who to have relationships with. So if she brings him up, then we'll talk about him. And she said to me once, just have to accept the fact that the older he gets, the bigger asshole he becomes. (laughs) My brother-in-law's really sweet and has always been super supportive of, of all of us. And my dad just doesn't like him, so he, he isn't very nice to him. So then I went to see her. She said, he did that DNA test thing where you spit in the tube and send it in. He found out that he has a whole brother that he didn't know about. Wow. He had a brother he didn't know about. That's amazing. Yeah, he has a brother he does know about. My dad's the youngest, and his brother thought that he was the oldest, and then they find out they have this older, oldest brother. Oh my God, that's crazy, by their same mother. And they think it's the same parents. My grandparents have been dead for a long time, so there's just no solving it at this point, really. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. At first, they thought maybe it was stolen because she had had some stillbirths. So they were out in California at the time. Maybe it was a Dust Bowl kind of poverty situation, or maybe they weren't married because his family's Catholic. Okay, and so this would be your uncle? Yep. Wow. And so, oh my God, what did you think when you heard this? I was very surprised. 
surprised by it. It was kind of one of those things where I was like, well, my dad's not that great at keeping in touch with the family members that he knows about. So it was a little odd to me that he was having a lot of really complicated feelings about it. What was complicated about his feelings? His older brother was really struggling because it was changing his birth order. All right. He's no longer the oldest kid. Yeah. That kind of rocked his world. It did. And my dad, I don't know, it just kind of threw him for a loop. The man that he found was sick, and so he flew out to visit with him before he did end up passing away this fall. So it was a very quick, he does the test, he finds these people, within a month he goes out and meets them, and then like the next month the man is dead. Good Lord, he had some sort of illness? He had dementia, which is why his family was doing this DNA test on their end to try to find some closure for him about his birth family because his adoption was a little strange. They knew that there was some kind of mystery there because they had acquired this kid somehow. Yeah. So your father got to meet his older brother. And his nieces. Wow, and his nieces shortly before his death. Yep. So I went back to my mom and I was just kind of trying to process it because she's really the only person left who knows him after so many years of us not being a family anymore. I would imagine there'd be so much to work through. It's a lot. And there are no answers. No. It was a very strange experience. Your mom and your father, are they in touch at all? No, not at all. They've been divorced for, I think, 25 years. Let me make sure I understand this. You found out from your sister Mm -hmm. and then you told your mother. Yes. Okay. Did your sister know you were telling your mother? Um, no. (laughs) Or did she say to keep it secret? She didn't really tell me to keep it secret, but basically if you tell me something, it's probably going to end up in my mom's ear. I mean, it's my heritage too. Yeah, of course. And okay, so you tell your mom and what's her reaction? She must have been like mind blown. She was surprised, but she knew some things about my grandparents' marriage. She was very close to my dad's dad and he had confided in her a bit before he had passed away. What kinds of things did grandfather confide to your mom? That he had had an affair briefly during his marriage. My grandma had never really forgiven him for it. But then she had gotten very sick. Through the course of her passing away, it kind of mended things, I guess. I see. Okay. So they they had a close relationship. Yeah. I was more frustrated and maybe just a little envious because it's sort of like my dad is a great abandoner. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he kind of gives a shit about these other people. And so I think I... I was kind of just, I was a little offended, I guess, in some weird way. Yeah, I get it. It's like, why the heck are you having all of these emotions about your brother when you don't give a crap about your kids? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So then my mom, I think, felt bad for me. And she said, you know, I have not been married to him for quite some time. Do you want to know his big secret? Oh my God. There's more. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica and I will be right back. 
When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wow. Okay, I'm ready. What was what was Dad's big secret? I said, "Do I have a sibling?" And she said, "Yes." Oh my God! Wow. And how did you know that? You just could just tell. I mean, my mom and I are extremely close. I think we do sometimes read each other's minds. But there's also my sister and I have discussed it before about my dad being in Vietnam for quite some time. He was over there for two years. And he had sent home some photos of him with the young woman that he had spent a lot of time with. Hmm. Like Miss Saigon. Did you always kind of suspect there might be a kid over in Vietnam that was related to you? We always kind of had this, like, fear that, like, there's this poor person who was completely just abandoned by war and a soldier. <laughs> Everybody's abandoned. Yeah, so it was always kind of a thing. And I said... Did he have a child in, in Vietnam? And she said, no. <laughs> oh, okay. And I was like, well, what the hell's going on then? <laughs> <laughs> My parents were super young when they got married. They were only 20. He had come to her when they, I think they were engaged or they were about to get engaged. And he had this photo of this little child. And he said... You probably aren't going to want to marry me after I tell you this. And she was like, okay. And he was like, well, I guess when he was 15, he had a child with a girlfriend. Okay. The parents felt that they were too young to get married. They both were only 15. And so they broke them up and told them they weren't to see each other again. And so he had kind of stayed in touch a little bit with the little boy. The girl would meet them at a park or something once in a while just so that he could see his son. Oh my God, so this is your brother. Yes. And the day that he went to my mom to tell her with the photo was because the little boy had been run over by a car <gasps> and was killed. Oh my God, how sad. Good Lord. And how old was the, the boy when he died? Well, this is the part that's very strange. So my mom swears, she swears that he showed her a photo of like a toddler so she thought he was like three. Later, we found out that he was five. So I'm not sure if it's her memory or if my dad, again, was just being kind of dishonest. Or maybe he just had an old picture. How did you find out he was five? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then I went to see my sister again. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so you're the, you're the conduit of information here. This is great. You're keeping all the gears greased. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
She again was talking about it because he had been calling her like every day with more information and more emotions and just like dumping a lot of stuff on her. And you're probably like, there's some hypocrisy here. Well, and so I was thinking in my head, it's his news to tell her. It's his news to tell her. I'm not going to tell her. I don't want my mom to be upset. I don't want my dad to get upset at my mom. There's like just a lot of stuff. And then she says, well, I'm never doing one of those DNA tests. Are you? And I said, no, because I'm afraid that we have a sibling somewhere in Vietnam. (laughs) And she's like, me too. If I knew that I was not the oldest anymore, I would be really upset. And she looked at me, my face just dropped. And she's like, what do you know? Wow, she could tell. And I said, well, the good news is he's dead. (laughs) Wow. Because I deal with awkward and terrible things with inappropriate jokes. (laughs) And uh, she said, what do you know? (laughs) Oh my God, I cannot imagine. And so I told her the story. And I said, I don't know what you want to do with that information. And she was so angry because she said, you know, I have been listening to hours of conversation about his feelings about the sibling and come to find out we had a sibling that we didn't know about on our own side. Crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. My sister is not very confrontational, especially with my dad. And so I said, are you going to talk to him? And she said, probably not. So she waited about a month. He just kept going on and on and on about the thing with his brother and then going to visit the brother and then the brother passing Mm -hmm. away. And it's always him, him, him. Right. I I don't know how she could hold that in. I really don't either, right? It's impressive. And so then she said, "Uh, so the rumor has it that, um, that you fathered a child. That's just how she brought it up to say there's a rumor. I about fell off my chair when she told me that because it's just, it's so not her and it's such a, like a little jab and like, it was just incredible for her to say that to him. Wow. And, um, and he said, uh, who told you? And she said, well, Jessica and mom. He said, of course. And I was like, she doesn't have to hold your secrets anymore. (laughs) And so he then immediately knew the birthday and the death day, and he told her how it was a girlfriend, and they were 15, and the little boy was five. I said, I want to ask his name, but I don't want to ask his name. And she looked at me, and I knew something was wrong. I said, it's the name that he was going to name us if we were a boy, wasn't it? And she said, yeah. Which is even creepier, because here he had this child who died, And then he and my mom never spoke of it again. My mom didn't know the child's name. And then, you know, like 10 years later, they were going to have my sister. And then shortly after that, they had me. And if we were a boy, we would have shared the same name as this dead baby. It's just a whole other level of him being a lunatic. How did your father react? What was his demeanor? Did he understand the hypocrisy in all this? Well, she said to him, you know, I've, I've known over a month and I've been waiting for you to say something. And he was like, oh, yeah. And she said, you know, I, I guess I just wish that that was a part of your life that you felt comfortable sharing with us because we really deserve to know. Did she ask him why he never told you guys? That I don't know. 
But I don't think anybody knows. I don't think his current wife knows. Does his current wife know about you? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, right. This is the same wife that you did not invite to your wedding. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's well aware of my existence. <laughs> she definitely knows about you. <laughs> How long has it been now since you found out about... It's been four months. Okay, so this is pretty fresh. It is. My question was, what happened to that poor young mother who lost her baby when she was still a baby? I guess that it just really shattered her, and she passed away at a very young age. How did she happen to pass away? That I don't know. He just told my sister that she passed away quite young and that the two of them are buried somewhere up north. I'm sure you've thought about going to find the grave. I have. Have you gone? No, because then I have to have more hard conversations with my sister to have more hard conversations with It's like a game of terrible telephone. <laughs> <laughs> a, a not fun version of it. <laughs> right. But um, at some point I would like to because he's, you know, he's half of us. He's family. Yeah. Why did you want to tell your secret today? I think because it's such a weird and convoluted story that I'm just really trying to untangle in my mind. And it's not something that a lot of people are comfortable delving into. There's just so much background on it with who my dad is as a person that there are just only a, a very small population of people in my life who truly, truly can grasp how bizarre it is. And yet so typical of him. <laughs> it's quite a story. You know, I sort of get the sense that this created a lot of turmoil and inner reflection and soul searching in your life, but maybe it's connected a bunch of dots too. Well, I, I hate the idea of never ever knowing about my brother. Yeah, and then there's no way to figure out how your uncle got put out to another family. That's just lost to the sands of time. Mm-hmm. Are there any hospital records or anything? No. No, no you're right. It's just, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Guess it's just, it's just a mystery. It is. Huh. If I were to ask you, Jessica, if you learned anything from this, is there anything you could crystallize into a sentence or two? I think that sometimes people think that a secret is such a terrible thing until they actually let people who care about them know about it. And then maybe it's not. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you for having me, Ben. You're welcome. Perhaps telling us about these events is the only way for Jessica to bring a sense of closure to a story that has none. How did her father's brother happen to secretly fall into the hands of another family? Where was the half-brother she never knew laid to rest? And what were the circumstances behind his mother's ultimate fate? Add to that the inconsistency in her own father's behavior, the steep hypocrisy in his actions, and the chance that a second brother may await in another land. Jessica who's just freshly exposed to the details of this story, 
must find some way to make peace with these tenuous connections. Thanks, Jessica, for sharing your story here with all of us. And Jessica was good enough to share a couple of pictures for you. In the first, see her and her sister sharing some coffee. And remember the nice memory Jessica has of her father, the Cupid doll that his father gave to him and that he passed to her. She snapped a picture of it just for you. See both pictures now on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Secret Room Pod. Episode 58, done. See you next time, where we will increase that number by one, as per usual. Please note, this podcast does not endorse lizard cruelty. If you want a pizza, we recommend purchasing one like most people do, with cash. Would you like to join me in the credits? Oh, how do I do that? As we do. Okay. <laughs> so I say pad on. <laughs> Let's go in order. Go for it. Our theme and music are by Breakmaster Cylinder. How, how did it feel telling your story? So it's a little therapeutic to be able to just like, I don't know, repeat it in its entirety. Just get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Cast it into the podverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can share your story too, just like Jessica did. I submitted my secret on your website. Our website is secretroompod.com. Production assistance by Susie Lark who also posts show surprises, pod secrets, and general mayhem on Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram. And we have some major symmetry going now. All our internet handles are Secret Room Pod. You have no excuse not to find us. We've made it too easy. Leave the Secret Room a five-star review on iTunes. Perfect. Your favorite little indie podcast that could thanks you in advance. That about wraps it up. You're listening to The Secret Room. I'm Ben Ham. Pod on. Pod on. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.